Mike Barron here. If you want to keep up with the latest developments in pop culture, watch Signal of Doom. Hey, this is Chuck Dixon, and you're listening to Signal of Doom. Well, you know, for me, the action is the juice. I'm in. Hello and welcome to a very special episode of Signal of Doom. We have the mighty Mike Barron on the show. Mike, how are you going? Doing good. You're doing good, man. It's always good to chat to you, Mike. I, I feel we don't chat to you enough, but you've, you're so busy and you've got, you're in the news, Mike. I'm a journalist again and we've got you again. Um, something's going on. Your new comic, Private American, um, I've, I've been sharing it on the, on the podcast, telling people to back it. Tell us about Private American and then tell us there's a controversy um, happening over there in the States. What's going on with Private American? A private American, I, you know, I used to write The Punisher, mm. and uh, I had a lot more Punisher stories in me. Mm-hmm. And Private American is what The Punisher would be doing today if I were writing him. And Captain America as well, which is mm-hmm. making his presence felt as a vigilante on the southern border of the United States, intercepting snakeheads, mm-hmm. drug smuggler, smugglers, cartels, and terrorists that are flowing across the barrier to the tune of 2 million this year, 2 million unvetted visitors wow. flowing across the southern border, and the government flies them all over the country in the dark of night. They don't tell people where they're going. They don't tell the cities where they're, they're going to. They just spread them all over the country. Are they checked for COVID? No. <laughs> uh, or weapons, possibly, you know? <laughs> yeah, uh, and they've caught a lot of uh, people with murder convictions already. Thank God yeah. our overstretched border patrol is doing what it can, mm. but they're stretched to the limit and um, the federal government is interfering with their operations because the federal government wants to destroy the United States as uh, an independent republic. Uh, why wow. are they doing this? They're doing it for money. Yeah. The American government is now the biggest money laundering operation in history. And uh, these people that back these policies, right. people such as Nancy Pelosi oh, yeah. or Chuck Schumer, have become multimillionaires since being elected to public office. Yep. Remarkably, the media, which I call the lick spittle, <laughs> is not concerned with how these people became multimillionaires. They simply don't care. Yeah. Uh, but. Uh, let me get back to the book. Sure, man. The book yeah. is about Marco Zamora, a second-generation Cuban-American, uh, who, like many immigrants who come legally, mm. is more patriotic than your average American. He lives in Texas. Yep. He's a veteran. He sees the uh, devastation that is happening every day. And one night, something clicks, and he says, well, I got to do something. The government's not doing anything. Yeah. Uh, So he starts going down to the border at night, every night, Mm -hmm. intercepting uh, uh, snakeheads, which is a term they give to people who smuggle others across the border. Uh, And when we first meet him, he's interrupting a snakehead who's about to rape a 12-year-old girl. Jesus. Now, uh, I don't know if people know this, but every girl or woman who pays a snakehead eight thousand dollars because that's the price right. to get them into the united states is raped 
as part of the price of getting to the United States. It's terrible. Uh, Absolutely uh, terrible. Marco Zamora has no bone to pick with the people who are just seeking a better life, who have no criminal record. They may have entered the country illegally. Sure. Uh, but his his beef is not with them. It's no. with the people that are profiting off this yeah, like the, the, the people smugglers or whatever you call them. Like, well, I don't know what well, the term snake is. Heads. But yeah, snake That's heads, one yeah. term. Okay. Or, you know, you can call them people smugglers uh, or slavers if you Yeah, yeah, slavers. They're, they're enslaving these, these yeah. women and the men too. And don't they often uh, put them in like sex trafficking rings and stuff? Like, the, the, isn't there that as well? Have you heard of this? Like, so they, they bring people across from what I understand and often if it's women and stuff, they're kind of put into like prostitution rings Absolutely. That kind of yeah, stuff. Yeah, they going do that. On. Yeah. Uh, before I, I work myself up into a frenzy, I have sure. to remind people that the primary purpose of the private American is to entertain. Of course. Uh, I never lose sight of that. It's a damn good story. Uh, people, you, you pick it up, you start reading, you won't be able to put it down. I can't it's wait. The best comic. Yeah. yeah, it's the best story you're going to read all year. It's just, it's all drama, yeah. it's all action, there's no preaching. There are no cool. bumper stickers. You see Marcos in action with his best friend Gus. And then yeah. you see him in action with, with Gus brothers Chris. Because after he he does this a couple nights in a row, mm. uh, the cartels are aware that, that he's making a dent in their operation. They can't afford yeah. to lose the millions of dollars of fentanyl that he intercepts. Right. And then he arranges it for it to be dropped off at the Texas Rangers headquarters in Austin. And they never see him. He's too clever for that. Uh, so they, they don't know who he is, but they start calling him the Fentanyl Sentinel. <laughs> Does he wear a yeah. mask or is he without a mask? Like what's going he, on? He wears uh, uh, goggles, uh, goggles, infrared yeah. goggles. Cool. Uh, I don't know if you've seen the cover, uh, but there's a, the sure. cover is great. It's by Richard Bonk, who's illustrating the book. Excellent. It's an action cover of, of – uh, Marcos in action. He's, he's, he's oh yeah, I'm, look, I'm looking at it now. Yeah, I'm looking at it now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. okay. With the knife and he's got the gun going. Right. It's a great cover. He doesn't have a costume yeah. per se. What he has is he's he's got a uh, a bulletproof vest to which he's affixed the Gadsden flag, which right. dates back to revolutionary times, and it shows a coiled snake. Uh -huh. And the original flag shows the snake over the uh, the legend "Don't tread on me." Uh -huh. which used to be a noble uh, enterprise because the United States was was created by wise men, men sure. who never envisioned career politicians who were strove to create the perfect republic. And they did this primarily by limiting the powers of government. If you uh -huh. read uh, the Constitution and the Bill of Rights, it's all about what the government can't do. Yep. Uh, and this was the first time in history that a country was founded on the primacy of the individual and individual liberty. And it's due to the wisdom of the founding fathers that the United States became the so most successful, freest, and prosperous nation on earth. Yeah. Uh, like the founding fathers, like, I don't know who they are, like Jefferson and those kind of guys, yeah? Yeah, right? Jefferson, John Adams, George Washington. George Washington. Benjamin yeah. Franklin. Of course. Yeah, sorry, I'm an Australian. I, the names don't roll off the top of my head. That's okay. <laughs> but but, but I, I hear what you're saying. Do you, I'm going to ask you a question, Mike. Um, this is fascinating stuff. Do you, like, obviously you've got the principles the nation was founded on and all the success the U.S. has had. 
do you feel somewhere along the way, maybe, I don't know, even inside the last 30 years, it, they've kind of lost the, it, they've sort of, it, they now mouth the words, but I don't think they believe the words, you know? Well, I do. Yeah, and there's an old saying, that strong men create good times. Good times create weak men. Right. Weak men create harsh times. And uh, we have been ruled now for many years by weak men. Mm. I doubt if they've even read the Constitution or the Bill of Rights, although their oath of office requires them to. Yeah. But they don't seem to pay any attention to it. Yeah. Uh, the Founding Fathers, and Jefferson in particular, uh, realized that the best government was the smallest government to get things done. The, sure. the, the government had very few uh, responsibilities. They were strictly limited. And, of course, the first responsibility is to safeguard uh, the livelihood and health of American citizens. Sure. Uh, when you look at the situation on the southern border, it's exactly the opposite. Mm. Yeah. It's crazy. Like, from what you're telling me, it sounds like chaos. And and also, though, like, just to pin it back to this comic for a second, because when you say you had Punisher stories to tell, my God, I believe you, and you're talking about this, and I'm like, man, this sounds like like the Punisher, classic Punisher reader's total cup of tea. Like, they're going to lap oh, yeah. this up. Like, because Absolutely. I don't know if you're aware, in recent times with the Punisher, they've done all sorts of crazy shit. I know, yeah, I know. Like, you know, I, I you don't know. read it, but... But people tell me, and I see the articles on it. But, it's nutty, uh, you know. Like they've yeah. got, you know, um, the wife's back, but she's a like a zombie. Like he was a zombie. He joined Hydra. Like it's like my God. Like they just seem to be. They seem to have lost. Because to me, the Frank Castle that you wrote, the Chuck Dixon wrote that that era, the eighties, nineties, he could be down there on the border doing exactly what this guy is doing. You know what That's I mean? That's right. Yeah, and and, and it's remarkable that it's so controversial now, which yeah. shows you how far down the slope toward tyranny this country has, has fallen, which is brings us to the problem, yeah. which is that Indiegogo yeah. and Google are shadow banning our campaign. If you go to Indiegogo and you enter mm. Private American by Mike Barron, you can't find it. The only way you can find it is by going to our dedicated link, theprivateamerican.com, theprivateamerican.com, and that will lead you to a page which has a link to our campaign and two other campaigns we've been forced to launch right. as Indiegogo is, is is trying to make sure that no one sees this. Now, I, wow. I wonder why a, com a company that's ostensibly in the business to serve its clients yeah. and to raise money would shadow ban uh, such a worthwhile story. It, it shouldn't be controversial. Twenty yeah, years ago, I'm it would just, not be controversial. Yeah, I'm kind of no. like puzzled. Like, yeah, it sounds like a cool story. I agree, and like, yeah, it's a little bit edgy, and you, it's got a bit of a slant to it. But at the, at the end of the day, I mean, I I can think of far worse things that fly today. Like, it's not. I don't know. I, I I'm I'm. You've had other Indiegogo campaigns, like you did the one about the cops recently. What was it? Didn't, Thin blue line. I love that one. Was that via Indiegogo as well? Yes, we did use Indiegogo, yeah. and uh, they never gave us any problem over that. I think that uh, we are the victim of uh, some faceless, nameless social justice warrior somewhere in their <laughs> apparatchik who saw the campaign and said, well, this is no good. This does not support a massive government bureaucracy. This does not support 
the tyranny that our federal government is is forcing us into. Now, I don't have to tell you, Australia suffered the same thing with these insane, meaningless, pointless lockdowns and and taking people who hadn't been vaccinated and putting them in concentration camps. It was just unbelievable. It was nuts. Um, Yeah, that was down in in, uh, Melbourne, especially the the, the premier down there, currently, by the way, under investigation for corruption. Um, he's he, I call him Dictator Dan. He, it's it's bizarre. Like he just he ruins the economy, as you say, locks people down for months on end, and it's like really like I I it was it was bizarre. Luckily in Sydney it was a lot 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 less because I think we just would have voted out whoever did it. But he's got them in a nine grip down there, you know. And as I say, currently under investigation, um, all sorts of stuff going on with that guy. But um, yeah, it's 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 weird. So what I was thinking was like um. Do you do you remember like um you know like back in the seventies they had like uh, Clint Eastwood did Dirty Harry and that kind of thing and you had like Death Wish movies and all that all that stuff like and like yeah yeah and like it was cool I love all that stuff I've got the Blu-rays sure now there's one of the one of the movies it might be the third one where I remember there's like sort of like you know how today we have they have anti FIFA or whatever it's called you know you know that crazy left wing group um that that. Trump was always going after. But do you know in that... a Dirty Harry movie? No, no, no. But in real life, they've got this anti-FIFA oh, yeah, yeah. thing. But in the Dirty Harry movie, they had this group that was supposedly like left-wing revolutionaries, and they were blowing up a building or doing something or I robbing remember. something. Yeah. Now I remember the guys driving the car rolled their eyes when the ones behind them were going for the cause, and they were doing like they're really like left-wing, and the guys driving the car just rolled their eyes because they're like, seriously, we just want the cash. And I'm just like, like. When did it become that this crazy, like, lunatic fringe group became, to go against them is like, oh, my God, we can't possibly touch them. They're, you know, like, they're, they're, they're crazy. They're not even 1%. I'd say they're like 0.005% of the population. And to go against them and to actually have someone coming from the other side wiping them out, because I consider them terrorists, that's controversial. But, like, meanwhile, they want to blow up buildings and stuff, and that's okay. I don't get it. Like, Mike, if we, well, went, if, uh, we, if we went down and blew up a building, the cops would put us in prison before we know it. But if we, right. yeah, you know, but if you're some crazy left wing guy, you can just say whatever the hell you want and it's fine. Well, uh, the reason is that the left correctly uh, identified the institutions that they could control in their long march to power. Mm. And 50 years ago, they invaded education, uh, the arts, sure. uh, government, and the media. Uh, they feel no connection to the Constitution. Uh, they make they make fun of the Constitution. They don't believe in individual liberty. They believe in mob rule. And now, mm. 50 years later, we're we're reaping the the fruits of their 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 poison seed um, mm. because they control the country. Uh, uh, when we talk about the hardcore leftists who are constantly voting for more taxes, bigger government. Uh, more restrictions, uh, who don't want Americans to be able to exercise their first or second uh, amendment rights. Mm. Uh, We're probably talking about 20% of the country, but they're the 20% Mm. that has taken over education, politics, Mm. the media, and entertainment because they understand that politics is downstream from culture. And this has been a blind spot on the left forever uh, because conservatives are too busy 
doing their job, make, doing yeah. their business, you know, building things, looking out for their family. I always say uh, the average uh, American has his hands full doing his job, taking care of his family, and maybe kicking back on the weekend and watching a little football. That's it. But there's a certain class of person that spends every waking second scheming how to get power. Mm. And these are the people who have taken over because that's all they do. That's yeah. all they do is scheme to get ahead and take power uh. so that they can enrich themselves at the public expense, yep. uh, enjoy special privileges not available to the average citizen, and to hurt people they don't like. And that's their philosophy. I don't want to hear anything about uh, the masses and how they're all for, for, for helping people because they're not. No, I, I, I take a more cynical approach like you're talking about. But, like, it's, it's funny because remember way back in history at some point in time – communists, and I use that word very loosely, China, look at them now. It's more like authoritarian China. Like, if they really got full power, like, can't you look at, like, when this, whenever these communists have taken over, and I call them communists very loosely, it's just a, it's just a complete dictatorship. And, and they trample on freedom. They, they crush the, you know, the very minorities that these people supposedly love so much. And they do all kinds of crazy shit, and they block down the me- they control the media. It's just, it, it's don't they look at these countries where this so-called experiment has been successful, and look at what has happened to the people? Like, it's scary. You know what I mean? No, Actually, they don't care. Scary. They tune yeah. it out. They, they tune, tune it out. out. They just they kind of disassociate themselves from it. And like, I don't know about you, but um, if there's crazy times. Um, with obviously you've got the war in Ukraine and China like have got their eyes on Taiwan. And in fact, in Australia, like with the Pacific and stuff, they're all over it, man. You know, like they're, they're actually, they're actually a threat now of doing something pretty major in the Pacific because China's really got its tentacles everywhere, man. And, you know, I, I mean, I, I, it's scary politically. And of course, a weak nation like ours, like military wise, we're fairly weak military wise. We're dependent on the U S and stuff, but I, I just see with this example in the Ukraine that, that China is just laser focused on Taiwan and they're just like, can we get away with it and not, and you know, are we rich enough to sort of write any repercussions kind of thing? You it's ain't nuts. wrong. Yeah, it's nuts, man. It's nuts. But um, that is crazy. So thankfully, though, the only good thing I can think is the privateamerican.com, like you're saying, you can back the book going via that link. I've done that. Um. And tell us about the book. Like, how many pages are we talking? Is it a one shot, like the like the thin blue line? Like, what's the story? Well, it's a seventy two page graphic novel. Oh, great! And uh, there is a link to Thin Blue Line. There are a couple of characters that uh, inhabit both universes. Cool. Uh, the response to Thin Blue Line was so overwhelming that uh, we decided to do another one. And in Excellent. fact, I've written it. Excellent. Uh, and and the boys are very eager to start illustrating it. Yeah. Uh, and I hope that w- the same thing will happen to Private American because I want to grow this universe. And again, I must stress that my first goal, as always, is to entertain. Sure. I know that when you're getting preached at, it's not entertaining and, and you can't really yeah. enter into the story wholly. And my goal, as always, is to tell a story that's so compelling mm. that the reader will become irritated if anything interrupts the process of reading the story. Mm. Well, dude, when I think of, like, it's not like this is your first comic. Like, I mean, when I think of the many decades of Mike Barron comics, I think of, like, good, damn good adventure, action-adventure storytelling. Like, I mean, to me, I don't think politics. I, I, I just think, you know, 
I think of like um, obviously Punisher. You got Badger, Nexus, etc., uh, etc., et all the way to Thin Blue Line, which I loved, by the way. Thin Blue Line. When I finished, Mike, I was like, "Oh man, I want more." I was like, "Because <laughs> when the end came, Thank you, know, you David. Well, you know, they always say leave them wanting more. You know, leave leave yeah. the audience wanting a bit more. That's exactly Absolutely. how I felt, and I was like." Just bring it on. And can I say, am I correct in saying you had a police officer did the art for that? And I think he did a fantastic job. Yeah, Joe. I've known Joe since before he became a cop. Mm. But he's a full-time police officer now. I just saw him this past weekend. We were at a con together. Mm. And he's very excited about the new book. Sure. It's going to take uh, Vale and 3Js in different directions uh, and it's going to blow your mind. It's really entertaining. I'm very proud of it. It's got twists and turns you won't see coming. Uh, but at its core, it's uh, supportive of, of the men and women in blue. Of course. And uh, as I've always said, the reason I, I did this was because two years ago when when uh, every blue city was going up in flames, thousands of small businesses destroyed, hundreds murdered, and always some proud member of the Lick Spittle out front explaining that these were mostly peaceful protests. And then politicians, people who had sworn to uphold the Constitution, started calling for defunding the police. It was crazy in the spike. Do you remember, like, that was nuts. Do you remember, I want to say Portland said, we're going to replace all the cops with social workers. That was a joke. They're gone. You know, (laughs) there's only a skeleton crew of police left in Portland. The rest have been driven out. And uh, Nike, which was headquartered in Portland, closed its Portland store. And Phil Knight, who founded Nike and has yeah. always been a reliable contributor to Democrats, gave a million dollars this year to Republican candidates because even he was sick of what's happening. Downtown Portland is a ghost town, just wow. as downtown Seattle, San Francisco, Los Angeles, Chicago. Minneapolis, any one of these great cities that are ruled by Democrats for decades have become dangerous ghost towns where you take your life in your hand to go down there. There are no police. They've driven the police out. That's crazy. Uh, and and crime is up uh, 100%. Murders are up there through the roof. New York City, through the roof. I can't believe they, they elected that fool. But, you know, that's New York for you. I'm not saying it was... I'm all a, above board. I'm not saying yeah. it's not, but they get what they vote for. Well, that's it. I mean, the thing is, man, when I think of it, like, I, I live in a very sort of safe community and, like, not far away from the police station. And, like, I will say in Australia, like, the police are respected. Like, we have, you know, I like, I, I understand that there is corruption in the police. Like, we right. all, we all we accept. We know there are bad yeah, cops. Of course. But at the end of the day, if you took them all the way tomorrow, it wouldn't t- it'd take maybe two weeks for anarchy, you know, because there's a lot of people out there who, you know, already uh, it's only the fear of getting put in prison that stops them from doing really crazy shit. And I just can't believe these people who thought that replacing police with social workers was going to be the answer. Like, can you imagine like a hardcore drug addict or drug dealer? They don't give a shit about a social worker, you know, like it's 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 nuts. I just, I just, I just don't get it, Mike. And the way that, um, do you, I mean, you remember it happened to you when you were launching that book. Remember some of the people coming back at you, calling it copaganda and all this stuff. And it's like, when did the police become the 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 enemy of the world? Like, I mean, without them, we'd be lost. It was just, yeah, I know. Yeah, it's nuts. But well, what I want to what I want to say is, please 
back the private American. This sounds like a hell of a lot of fun. I think a lot of lapsed Punisher readers who loved Mike's run um, back in the 80s and 90s will latch onto this. Sounds great. But also back and, and, and get a copy of the Thin Blue Line while you're at it. Um, do you sell this at cons, Mike? Like when you were at the con, you, you got copies and stuff that you that they fly off the well, shelf? Well, I had a couple of copies of Thin Blue Line. I'm almost sold out. Cool. But uh, I think they're available from thinbluelinecomics.com, thinbluelinecomics.com. And if you go there, you can order a copy. Excellent. Yeah, well, that's good. Now, I we always have um, – I don't want to keep you too long today, Mark, because I really wanted to get you on and get get your take and get it out there to, to the people because a lot of listeners to signal are hardcore fans of, of your work. Like, So, you know, when you're, when you're encountering difficulty, we, we want to help out. Now – I had a couple of questions, Mike, and these are kind of joke questions. This is from Michael Kellershim. First question was, Mike, are we living in a simulation? And if so, what did you do to piss off the developers? <laughs> That's funny. Uh, no, no, Dave, you know, this is the path of every successful republic. And, and I want to stress that the United States is a republic, not a democracy, sure. like the Democrats keep screeching. Because in a democracy, if 51% of the population vote for you to be drowned and have a rock tied around your neck and thrown into the ocean, sure. that's democracy. They can do that. And we're not a democracy for good reason. We're a republic, sure. which means that we elect representatives to speak for us. And the founding fathers uh, created this wonderful system of checks and balances and the whole purpose of it was to restrict the power of government. Mm. Uh, and now we can see why. I, I mean, yeah. we now have an unrestricted government that's out of control. It serves only itself. It certainly doesn't serve the citizens of this country. It's No, it's like an industry. I mean, it's here too. It, they're like an industry in themselves. As you say, they're out to enrich themselves and their cronies. You know, they're... Uh... Right. What's the word they always use? The lobbyists, Mike. The, you know what I mean? Right. Like, you know, yeah, like the... you got to be careful of that. You know, it's, <laughs> it's a delicate balance um, because in a free society, people are, are free to petition their representatives for favors. But if we had an honest and independent press, none of this would be happening. Yeah, we, we you know, um, my girlfriend, she watches like, you know, a lot of the mainstream, you know, TV shows. And as you know, Mike, there's like an industry in itself of like cop shows, you know, like you've got your F or, or law enforcement, like FBI, you've got your NCIS, you've got Chicago PD, Rookie. Now, some of these shows have like, say, The Rookie, which is a fairly bland, generic cop show. It has gone, it is, it has torn itself in shreds the last two years, apologizing for being a cop show. Like it's just the the so, the 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 announcements are all almost like public service announcements in the middle of the show to apologise for being policemen and police women. Like it's hilarious. I know. And, but but like but I'm cynical. I'm like all they want to do is stay on the air. Like they're not doing it to actually help anyone. They're just doing it to no. appease themselves before the masses, so they're not called out for being. But, but my favorite cop shows it's stuff like The Shield. Ever seen The Shield? You know that's funny because my friend Chris just sent me the complete Shield, and I've been watching it for two nights now. I've watched the entire first season. I'm about to start on the second season. It's a fantastic show, Mike. You'll love. Yeah. You'll, you'll love. Like, to, but to me, there's so much stuff going on in that it's so entertaining. You know what I mean? Yes, it is. It, it, it's, yeah, absolutely. It's crazy. Now, another question here. Is it possible, Mike, all the people who ban you are jealous of your badass karate skills? 
<laughs> I doubt that, Dave. I really doubt that. Uh, I think that what happened is that uh, the subject of the book is forbidden sure. by by our overlords. They don't want anybody to pay attention to the southern border. But yeah. if you're a border state, you can't hide from it. 100%. So everybody in Texas, New Mexico, and Arizona yeah. is acutely aware of the war that goes on 24-7 right down there on the Rio Grande River. Yeah, and Sleepy Jojo, whether he's sleeping, he's definitely forgotten all about it, hasn't he? We don't hear much from Sleepy Jojo Biden about the about the border states at the moment, do we? Well, he's a lifelong grifter and parasite. <laughs> yeah. No experience in the real world. No business in any position of responsibility. 100%. And I mean, I, I, I look at that guy and I just think, what has he ever done other than ride Nothing. on the coattails of others? Like he rode in Obama's yeah. shadow for eight years. We barely heard a word out of him, you know? And, and somehow he's managed to get become voter president somehow. Now, um, Mike, another <laughs> question is quite funny. Have you ever considered adopting some new pronouns to make yourself cancel-proof, Mike? <laughs> <laughs> yes, I have, Dave. I've given it some serious consideration. I've narrowed it down to fee, fi, fo, and fum. <laughs> um, question here. Uh, this is an interesting one. Star Trek or Star Wars? Or neither, Mike? Like uh, That's an interesting question. Uh, well, I have a great fondness for Star Wars. I think the first three movies are magnificent. 100%. I have seen one or two since then, and, and they're just okay. I was never a big Star Trek fan, uh, although I have seen a few shows, and I saw a number of the movies, mm. uh, and I admire them for what they did. Mm. Uh, you know, I used to write a Star Wars comic yeah. for Dark Horse, yeah. and uh, we had a visit to... Uh, uh, Skywalker Ranch, which is George cool. Lucas' installation in Marin County. It's a beautiful place that he built cool. um, to consolidate his, his visions, to make movies and so forth. And, yeah. and I was meeting with the Star Wars editor there, a woman. Yeah. And I said, you know, I have a theory that Star Trek represents the liberal view of space and Star Wars represents the conservative view. That was as far as I got. <laughs> she said... Wow. I'm liberal. We're all liberal. Well, they are. The I mean, media, in, in Hollywood, a lot of them. After. Yeah, that's because you, you did. Uh, what I say it was like Heir to the Empire, that kind of stuff, wasn't it? Like the Timothy Zahn. Yes, that's right. I, I yeah. uh, adapted Heir to the Empire, written by Timothy Zahn. I saw Tim a couple of months ago when we sat next to each other at a convention in Colorado Springs. And cool. Timothy is a great science fiction writer mm. and probably the best Star Wars uh, novelist. Oh, he's fantastic. Yeah, I mean, my God, yeah. Um, But that's funny, isn't it? I guess, in, I mean, look, I'm not there, but it's always been that Hollywood, like, if you know, not even just recently, has always, in general, leaned more left, you know, hasn't it? Like, over the, you know, in the last, would you say the last 50 years? I know Absolutely. That, yeah, I know you have your outliers, like your Clint Eastwoods, your John Waynes and stuff, but, they, but these guys, they're sort of more... It by themselves kind of thing, I, I think generally they just tend to, they, 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 they at least espouse liberal ideals, whether they believe them, I don't know. Really, I think they just want to make themselves richer, Mike, I think at the end of the day. Well, that's true. I mean, they do follow the money, but Hollywood is a company town, mm. uh, and unless you uh, toe the company line and think exactly as they do, which is yeah. every insane leftist cause there is, you're not going to get any work. Exactly. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. That, that, that's what I'm saying. They say it. Like, it's like, if I say these words like Black Lives Matter or whatever I say, I, I'm just going to stay on trend and, and I won't get in trouble, you know, and, and my show won't get cancelled if I say the right things. And it's just, 
I'm cynical about it. You know what I mean? I'm not particularly, I'm a bit neutral politically, but I do get sick of people who just say things like diversity and they're just like, it's a checklist. I'm here, I'm, t- I'm crossing off a checklist, you know? Um, now, final question, Mike. Uh, Eric July sold $3.5 million worth of his comic on his own website using his own hype machine. Have you considered trying to join the Ripperverse and bypassing the gatekeepers like Indiegogo on Kickstarter? So that's interesting. Well, I've been trying to get Eric's attention without much luck, but right. I have to point out that Eric July worked for years building his YouTube audience, yeah. uh, which I think is over 100,000. And that's the reason his book was so successful, because he has this huge following. Now, I'm not the kind of guy that that goes on the air every night. It's just not me. Sure. In fact, I, I've been on the air more these last two years than I ever have in, in my whole life prior to this, because it's necessary to promote the book. Yeah. I've thought about it, but I, I'm not I'm not a, an on-air personality. You know. Yeah, I, but you're pretty I, good, man. You're pretty good. Like I, I hear what you're saying. It's hard to be on all the time, and right? also you're busy. You're you're doing all this work and writing and stuff. That takes time. Uh, marketing yep. is its own beast. Um, it, it is hard. But look, Mike, we're always here to try to help you. I'll get this out to, to the people, um, to the Signal listeners, get them to, to back Private American. Um, and at least that way, I mean, the book's fully funded, isn't it? Have you uh, have you got copies oh, yeah, of it yeah, ready to go? Yeah, funded. Yeah. It's funded. But uh, we can go a lot higher. That's it, man. We, and you need it. Like, I mean, this this this, this helps you know, more books as well. Like, you know, if this book comes out and it gets in people's hands, it builds up a groundswell just like Thin Blue Line did uh, and that's got a sequel coming. So, I mean, yeah, I I have a final question. This is my own question. Um, Random question, nothing to do with this stuff, but I was listening to an interview with Paul Gelacy or Gelacy, however you pronounce the name, and you guys, which I didn't know, did a book together, I think in the late 90s. um, Yep, The Grackle. Yeah, the grackle. Now, tell us about it. And I've I've got my hands on it. And it's a black and white. I mean, I've only read the first issue. Can you rem, can you rem, remind us like what was going on there and what was the choice to make it black and white? I think it came out through Acclaim Comics. Well, it was a straight crime comic, which is what I like. When I wrote The Punisher, I approached it as a straight crime comic. Yep. And that's why for three years there were no superheroes or zombies or anything like that. Sure. Uh, and, and The Grackle, I think they, they did it in black and white to save money, but also because Galassi looks fabulous in black and white. He, yeah, he's a brilliant artist. I mean, have you? was that your only time working with Paul? Yes, it was. I'd love to work with him again. I see him yeah. from time to time. Yeah, well, I mean, I I heard this interview, and I, and I must admit, I'd never the, the book. I, I probably wasn't even collecting comics time, but he is a great artist. He's he did a Catwoman run, uh, I think with Ed Brubaker in the early two thousands. Beautiful artwork. Um yep. And if you're familiar with a character Slam Bradley, he made him look like Robert Mitchum. Um, you know Robert Mitchum from the classic. I love Robert Mitchum, and I'm oh, like, wow, oh, Robert I Mitch- know Mitchum is. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I'm like, wow, Robert Mitchum's turning up in Catwoman. This is fantastic. You know, such a talented artist. Um, now my last thing before we wrap up is when I was I was looking through some of the old Punishers, and I remembered um, there's there's an issue, which I believe you wrote, um, where Punisher is kind of protecting. It's kind of like a conservative talk show host, but he's he bodyguard That's for him. Right. Yeah. Yep, but yep. it's an interesting kind of free speech issue because Punisher's not saying I 100% agree with you to the radio guy, but it's kind of more like he's protecting the free speech. How did that come out at the time? Did you get any blowback? And Interesting issue. 
Well, uh, Rush Limbaugh mentioned it on his show because the character was based on Rush. Mm. Uh, but I was, I think, well, what would make for a compelling story? Uh, you know, I never forget that the second Dirty Harry movie, yeah. the second Dirty Harry movie where he uncovers a, a gang of uh, secret authoritarian cops who yep. take the power into their own hands. And at the end of the movie, they, they look at Harry and they say, we thought you would support us. And he said, you have misestimated me yeah. uh, because Harry was a stickler for the law, for the rule of law. And it's, it's without the rule of law, there can be no civilization. That's right. I mean, they were flat out, um, those cops, well, they were flat out like killing people at traffic stops and stuff. Yes, like, yes. Yeah, they, whereas, they were. Yeah, they, they, they were going a lot further than Dirty Harry actually went, you know? Oh, yeah, yeah. They yeah. were vigilantes. They were no longer police officers. Not, and I say, well, aren't you writing a vigilante? Indeed I am, but uh, there are vigilantes and there are vigilantes. Yeah. You know, and my vigilantes uh, protect the innocent. And that's why I have no problem with uh, police and armed forces using the Punisher symbol. Sure. Well, I mean, that's, I mean, I, I am like, I get to a certain point, Mike, where I get tired of debates and the debate over this thing, like, I mean, honestly, they've made such a mountain out of a molehill. You know what I mean? If I'm over there, if I'm one of these people over there in Iraq or Afghanistan fighting God knows what Taliban, whatever in the deserts, um, and I want to put a Punisher symbol on my tank, well, God bless me because I'm over there doing the hard work as opposed to what I really am doing right here I'm I'm sitting safely in Hornsby, Australia, very very right. far away, very far away from the action. Whereas people are actually out there on the front lines. You know what I mean? And I think people forget Absolutely. that. You know, it's just yeah. it's nuts. But don't you find that that whole debate? Honestly, I'm 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 sick of hearing about it. I'm just like, my God, like, at what point did this become the only thing to talk about with the Punisher? You know? I know. <laughs> it's crazy. Well, Marvel seems embarrassed by the character, and it yeah. seems to me they're looking for ways to just get rid of him. Yeah, they almost want to get the eraser out and erase him from history, kind of 1984 style. Like, there is no Punisher. There is no yeah. Frank Castle. Um, right. I, I said I said to my girlfriend the other day, I said, at some point, Marvel are going to get so scared of any storytelling we're gonna get. We're gonna get to Wolverine talking to Captain America about his love life for a whole issue, and that's all. <laughs> that's all it will be issue because we're so scared of anything at all that could be controversial. Wolverine will be explaining his pronouns. <laughs> yeah, exactly. All right, Mike. Well, look, it's always a pleasure to have you on. You're welcome back on Signal Doom anytime. But I am just so glad to have you on here, and uh, obviously, I'll put all the links up to Private American. Um, thank you, Mike, for coming on. Thanks, Dave. It's always a lot of fun. That's Mike Barron, guys. All right, we're out of here.